The greatest misconception that we have of the devil is that the devil is the root cause of the evil that transpires through us. Like the misconception that we have of fanatical grandstanding, the kind that we here at Grandstand so wholeheartedly support and endorse. Even though we know it's true that sometimes extreme fanaticism can foment chaos and create social discord. But, like the devil, sport and grandstanding are not the root cause of the malevolence. It's our experiences, our social conditioning that creates the ruptures in the social contract. Our fears, our insecurities, they foster the chaos and the evil and not the devil's advice or nudging. According to blues legend, it was the devil that gave to humankind the blue note, the flatted fifth, the sound that eventually gave us jazz and rock and roll. And of course, we ran with that sound and made of it whatever we decided. The devil is not responsible for the pain or the casualties that this music claimed. It has enriched our lives as much as it has caused pain in its effort to uh, have it be heard. But that's the thing about love and beauty. It's painful. So too is the feeling of being a fan of the sport spectating spectacle. To enter into this kind of fandom is to enter into a contract that by its nature is designed to break your heart. To grandstand is to lose 50% of the time. Yet that pain of defeat, that discomfort has yet to dissuade many of us from engaging in this vice. And see, that's the thing about vices. They push us into the limits of defiance, of our personal defiance. The pressures we succumb to in the throes of euphoria reveal candid aspects of our nature, of the deviant tendencies that live inside our minds. Today's episode is about the relationship, the cosmic link between booze and sports, about this uh, very unique interaction of these two uh, vices. Booze, like the devil and like fandom, is yet another chaos inducer, but not always the cause. Booze and drugs, they do something, they, they, they expose traits, tendencies, insecurities of our personal narrative, and in a very odd way, they make us honest. They sometimes help us break the kayfabe, the, the, these elixirs are the anti-kayfabe. We, we all break character and indulge in this brutal honesty. An honesty that can sometimes be horrifying. And so when we return to kayfabe, when the kayfabe is resumed, it's easier to point a finger at the devil, at the grandstands, at the booze than it is to point that finger at ourselves. And that's what we want to talk about today on Grandstand Podcast. Out of the 
tree of life, I just picked me a plum. You came along and everything started into hum. Still, it's a real good bet, the best is yet to come. Best is yet to come, and babe, won't that be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Okay, here we go. Uh, greetings, Grandstanders. We are back for another season of Grandstand Podcast. We took a two-month uh, sabbatical uh, hiatus. Professor came out to the West Coast, joined me for some grandstanding. We had some some really good times. But before I keep blabbering on and on, let me introduce el profesore, el maestro, the professor, Manny. How are you today? I'm great. Great, great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a while, huh? It has been a while. I like I like the that you called it a, a sabbatical. I do um it, 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 it that is pretty much what happened. Like I took a sabbatical to do field research in San Diego on uh, grandstanding, actual in, in the actual stands. That was really nice. We we did a, a couple ball games, mm-hmm. and we did a soccer game, a cholos game. A professor actually made it up to the racetrack with his family. How was that? That was nice. I bet. Yeah, that was really nice. But yeah, all around. Um, there's a lot of fun. the 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 soccer game, the Cholos game, and TJ was I, that, that was a blast, man. <laughs> that was yeah. So nobody, well, I guess they'll know it now if uh, one of them is listening. But the the, the guy that that that, uh, that thinks well, anyways, he thought we were all reporters. You know, the guy, mm-hmm. the guys, the guy sitting in the Cholos yeah. uh, grandstand. He thought we were all reporters. And he was really uh, fascinated by uh, the idea that there was, I guess, what? How many of us? Seven of us? Uh, something. Like, yeah, I think so. Yeah, seven of us grandstanding, and he thought we were all from some major uh, publication. Little did they know. I don't think none of us have ever written a memo, to, you know, ever in our lives. So, the the Cubs game against Padre game that was a good game. Yeah. Yeah, uh, well, uh, well, that's that's a, one thing about the the summer's grandstanding for me, um, because of uh, our our co- the first lady of baseball, uh, our cousin, um, or the first lady of Padres baseball, Yoshi. Um, she um, she she has really nice seats that we get amazing to, seats, that, 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 amazing <laughs> seats. That um, I got to go to two games, um, thanks to thanks to her, and um, and man, it, you know, the, to go from. I've always just we would always just kind of watch the game from park at the park and to go from that to sitting um at the field or right next to the first baseman um uh it could completely uh, gives you a whole different perspective of the game and um uh it's one of, unfortunately it's like now I can't go back like I <laughs> like I I have to I can't ever not sit that close anymore <laughs> Right? Oh, Doesn't I want, that happen? Yeah, it does happen. I have so much to say about that, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. But I do have one last question to ask you. I was thinking uh, while I was getting ready for this episode, what, what's longer, Professor? Um, a baseball season 
the NBA playoffs or a United States presidential campaign? Uh, what what appears longer? Um, shoot, I think I think I'd go with the, with the third with the, the presidential campaign. Right. I used to think there was nothing longer than the NBA playoffs, but now I I know it's the presidential campaign. I, I can't wait for this thing to be over. I bo- I'm glad we agree. So uh, we've kind of been talking about this for for a while now on on grandstand. And it's the issue of uh, booze and sports. But uh, more importantly, at different times, the professor said that uh, the the uh, the grandstand or 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 going to a game and you know yeah attending the the, the game was nothing more than than a big large outdoor bar. I believe you called it, professor. Is that true? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I believe. Uh, we we well there was a, there was a, there was a write up or a I'm sorry a journal no a blog entry in the blog about uh, booze and sports back in May before the start of the Kentucky Derby, mm-hmm. which if you haven't read it you need to check it out. Um, but basically, there's been a lot of talk about the the the, the pillars of what props up the 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 spectacle the spectating spectacle or just the spectacle in in, in a sense, but. We, we, we've all kind of agreed here at Grandstand that booze is a fundamental part of the spectating, sports spectating experience. And we kind of wanted to talk about that. And without giving away kind of what the, the, the season's going to be about, this is more or less, um, we're going to try to embed the theme into the narrative of today's conversation, see how successful we can be and, and convince you that you need to come back and listen to more episodes. But uh, uh, booze and grandstanding, do they go together, Professor? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a it's it's a perfect union. And and what is it about uh, uh, maybe boozing that lends itself to it? And then what about people who are there people who don't booze when they grandstand? Yeah, yeah, there there. <laughs> yeah, I I'd forgotten that there are, um, but there are. If if anything, um, dude, I can actually pull up some. Let's talk about that, Professor. What, what, tell us about the, the research you've been doing leading up to this. Uh, I was really excited, really looking forward to this conversation today. So, so I'm really excited to hear what you got for us, Professor. So I, I found that there, the, the University of Minnesota did a what's, what would be considered, up, at least up to this point that I could find, um, the most comprehensive study on... Um, on on alcohol consumption at sporting events, and um, what they found was, and you know, of course, studies and statistics are, you know, they're self-serving. Yeah, and you know, the if you look at the methodologies, you know, you can probably poke holes in in the numbers, but um, nevertheless, what they found was forty-eight percent of fans drink at sporting events. Forty-eight. Forty-eight percent. So we wow. can just say half. So at a sporting event, about half. On average, about half of the spectators are consuming alcohol. That's that's. Is it going? Are those are those numbers going up or down? Do we know? You know, that's a good question. I'm not sure if if uh, if if they are. I'm sure they 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 ebb and flow and and but but overall, um, it's hard to say. I think it it probably depends on uh, the sport that we're talking about. Right. Or the state of our economic uh, condition right. in America. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so, so almost half. Well, half of the people are drinking. Yes. 
Yeah, about half. And and so they have there there's a, a bunch of funny numbers that we could so um I want to hear them. Of the 18% of fans who tailgate before games, 82% had two or more drinks. So tailgaters drink more than the average fan at the at the game, which makes sense. Mhm. Um, if you're under 35, you're nine times more likely to leave the game drunk. <laughs> uh, and if and if you drink and if you if you pregame drink, uh-huh. uh, you're 14 times more likely. What? Yeah. So I think so. We can conclude that uh, while while drinking alcohol isn't uh, universal, it's not something that all sports fans do. Obviously, um, a, a significant uh, portion of them do, and um, and I think grandstanding wouldn't be the same without them. So I guess you're getting at my next at my question, my next question, which is: Do we drink to spectate, or do we spectate to drink, Professor? I'm sure that I think that depends on on the individual, <laughs> in the in the context. Um, do you, if you had to like speculate, would you say that? More people, more people drink. So let's more people drink that are more people that are not drinkers drink during a a a, a sporting event because it's kind of part of the, the 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 culture of of sports, or or do more people who drink love sports? Man, I don't know. I it's hard. It's hard to. It's hard to give a. Um, right. and it's, it's, it's hard to a give a pretty... non-bias, you know, my, my response, I think heavily, uh, is, is influenced by what has surrounded me. Right. Um, and as far as, you know, and I think I could speak for the both of us, um, but, but we grew up conditioned to see, uh, sports spectating, grandstanding and alcohol being going hand in hand. Right. Right. So, uh, I mean, we, we can we can we can think about like for ourselves. Like, what do you th- like? Do you think you 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 drink to spectate or spectate to drink? You personally? I I mean I don't know why I drink. I mean I drink for both. I guess for both reasons, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Drinking's drinking is is well. Before we before I answer that question, um, if, and then I I get into some trouble. Uh, about my 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 possible drinking problem, um, I'll be honest. I mean, uh, from a textbook definition, yes, I am guilty, right? Um, but uh, anyways, I, I was gonna ask a question when you were when you were talking about the, when you were talking about uh, uh, your experiences growing up. How did how did you put that as far as like how you were raised? Or you didn't say that. You said something about. What were your words exactly as far as kind of how you were enculturated into this? What did you say? Well, I think I was I I grew up conditioned to see um spectating sporting events and drinking alcohol is just ha- they, them going hand in hand like um whether it be uh, going to a live event or getting together with the family and and watching a game um there is always there's always that. Well, shoot, maybe maybe alcohol is just always involved in anything, uh, <laughs> anything that was being done. So maybe, so maybe we just spectate. That's where I was going with that. But okay, so there are a lot of people who who 
who are not fond of drinking at sporting events, mm-hmm. right, Professor? Mm-hmm. Or at least we know that maybe half of those, those the the other the other fifty two percent probably don't drink at all, and maybe there's probably a bunch of them that 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 are repulsed by the fact that you and I show up and have more than more than a couple pints. You know, we're part of that that fourteen percent that have that pre drink. Uh-huh. Um, and, and you're in the 35. I'm not so, but still, I, I happen to fall into that same category. Um, let's 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 just let's just let's just let's just get this out of the way. Part of what we had a conversation, you know, one of the conversations we had leading up to this episode, you you had said that we both kind of mentioned how there's really nothing out there to justify or to um, to to make light of the drinking at sporting during you know of, of drinking and, and grandstanding right basically it's it's a public nuisance it's annoying there are people trying to put laws into the books to regulate I mean in England in 1985 they had a, a I forget what the name of the the Control of Alcohol, etc. Act of 1985 in England, basically banning the drinking of booze 15 minutes before the start of the event, 15 minutes after the end of the event, of the event um, within grounds in which you basically had, basically anywhere in the grounds where you were had a view of the field, uh, on certain buses, certain trains, certain mo- obviously on a motor vehicle, you, probably, you don't want to drink and drive because that's just bad. Um, but essentially saying like you can't drink and get drunk at a sporting event. So conventional wisdom says that drinking and sporting, we've found out more or less, uh, is not good. Isn't that what we found or isn't that what we've discovered or isn't that kind of what the rhetoric is saying? Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, conventional wisdom, the, the, um, at least, I mean, w- when you look at, um, yeah, yeah, w- within the discourse of, of, the relationship between alcohol and uh, and sporting, um, sporting events, and just sports spectating, spectating, and even just sports in general, as, as well as with the, the performers, um, it seems to be that the more you will find a lot more literature on how it's a problem, uh, and efforts to, you know, uh, raise awareness to to the issue that it is, which is kind of you know it's funny because. Um, I've I've overlooked seeing it that way. Me too. <laughs> Me too. I actually never saw it that way until I had the research for this episode. Then I said, "Damn, I I'm a nuisance to fifty percent of the people in the stands." I'm 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 you know there's regulation going on to to get me to stop doing this. Um, so let's just get this out of the way. It's true that drunks are annoying. Yes, professor. Yeah, yeah, Dr- drunks. Oh, drunks are annoying. Uh, well, if you're not drunk, exactly. But, but we could say that that a drunk is probably one of the most annoying people that you could have to interact with, right? Yeah, definitely. And 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 something funny is, um, in in San Diego, this doesn't exist, but <laughs> in in New York, um, so for example, like at at Yankee Stadium, at at MetLife Stadium, uh, where the Jets play, they have they have alcohol free sections. So there's and th- there's. There so it's are. not free alcohol. It's people that can't drink alcohol. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, so now then then there'd be real trouble if it was if it was the former. Yeah, um, yeah. So there are sections within within the stadium that um, if you don't want to be surrounded by, um, you know, by the obnoxious drunks, um, you can you can sit in the alcohol free um, section, which. 
I could definitely for, for for a Yankees game. You know, there's there's drunks and stuff, but um, I don't see it as much as 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 necessary as uh, definitely for an NFL game. I could totally see why a family taking their kids might want to sit in that section. And and we can maybe talk about that in a little bit, but I mean, again, this is this is I don't know if this is if this is a disclaimer, but um, we can you and I can both agree that that there's some logic to reserving spaces for people that don't want to deal with drunks, right? Like that's a that's a reasonable thing to ask for, right? Could we say yes? Yeah, yeah, definitely, and it's and it's a compromise because. You know, some before you you get there, you have some people who are saying like there shouldn't be alcohol at the game at all. Right. Um, uh, and I and and when when they were passing uh, legislation for to 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 make to to require New York sporting facilities to reserve non-alcoholic sections, um, you know, initially the thought was, well, should we ban it? And of course, it was like, well, that's ridiculous. Like that's not going to happen. Um, and then they initially wanted a lot more, like 15% of the seating to be reserved non-alcoholic. Um, oh, they, 15%. Yeah, 15%. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, th- I think 50% for the drunks. I'm like, <laughs> I can't wait to go watch a game in that section, buddy. We just, one Continue. side would be a lot louder than oh, the other. Um, but, uh, no, 15%. And, 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 and it's been scaled to, to where we are now. This was in the, in the eighties when this began, um, uh, it's literally one section for in 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 these stadiums so just it's just only one section that's reserved for that but you know it's it's better than than nothing it's a i think it's a, a fair compromise i think they could even reserve Make more it bigger. for it. Yeah. yeah 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 you know maybe you could have a few sections in in uh in every in every seating area that are reserved you know there's no problem with that yeah uh so 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 we both agree that drunks are annoying and that maybe drinking uh, contributes to um, and although I, I would like to make an argument against it, that drinking contributes to some of the violence and maybe some of the, the nastier, ele- nastier elements of the spectating spectacle. But, but for the sake of, of the conversation from here, from this point forward, we would say that we're going to make an argument that booze is actually a fundamental part of the spectating experience. And uh, I'm, I, along with the professor, uh, are going to try to make a case for it or an argument for it. Are, are you, are you okay with me saying that or putting it in those words? Yeah. Remember how we talked about, uh, during one of the, one of the monologues to the, I think, and this is one of my favorite words to use in the English language, the penultimate episode, uh, second to the last for all of you out there that uh, have never heard that word. I got schooled once because I was told that penultimate was not a word. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if you're listening out there, that guy, penultimate. The penultimate episode of Grandstand. We talked about, do you remember uh, the, the Kaikian professor? Do you remember that? Remember when I mentioned that? That, that you talked about? Yeah. Yeah. And the Kaikian was this... Uh, this basically this elixir that the Greek performers would take uh, theater performance and called the theatron. They would take this drink, essentially, basically to induce a state of 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 um, well, it was essentially to get drunk and to be able to perform these sacred rituals for the people that would come for the for the the people the spectators who would come to observe. So performance. Theatrical performance started as a, a recreation of the sacred mysteries. Essentially, 
they weren't recreate they were recreating uh, the 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 special humans who had the special contact with the gods. They were recreating what that looked like, right? And in order to get to that state, they would they would basically get drunk or take this this elixir to get to alter their state of consciousness so that they could connect to this uh, to this to this pseudo religious deep spiritual thing for our enjoyment, professor. Right? Do you remember that? Yeah. Not so well. Not our enjoyment, but for us, for our witness bearing, for us to say. Oh, so that's what's happening. Um, and now, Professor, it's the people in the grandstand uh, getting high to get into an induced state, into that tantric state. So it's, it's, to, it's to play out these, the, the, these mysteries is what the performers were doing. But I think part of what happens when, when we drink, uh, and we'll talk about uh, uh, maybe uh, the, the puffing of the, uh, of the marijuana later, uh, Professor, but... When we drink, there's something euphoric about the state of drinking and what that induces in people. And then when you go to the grandstand, that gets manifested in a certain way that I feel like creates uh, that, that furor or that kind of, that kind of uh, uh, um, spiritual reaction that you have to, a, to the play on the field that is really unique, that you really can't do anywhere else, maybe in a church, maybe at a rock concert. That I think is an absolutely fundamentally crucial part of the human experience, Professor. Am I wrong for thinking that? No, no, no. I, I would, I would completely agree. Um, it's, it's. It, I, I think it serves different purposes uh, or different functions for different individuals within the, um, whether it be whether we're talking about the performers or the. Um, uh, or the spectators, but um, uh, whether be, for some I think it's it's an enhancer, and for some it's a um, you know a, a, a coping mechanism. But either way, it's 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 right. It, it, it serves a function, um, and and I don't mean coping like in a, but just like some people, um, some people don't may not want to be there necessarily. Right. You know and. And that might be what, you know, if if it's not the cotton candy and the, or the, you know, the the hot dogs that that keep them keep them there and interested, um, it might be the booze. And and for others, it's it's just more of a. I think more to what you're talking about, it puts the it puts the 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 person in the in the uh, optimal state of mind to. Um, to perform as as a spectator, right? To perform as a spectator, and then also to maybe, um, and I know this happens all the time because this is part of the spectating experience. Your your devotion to what's what's being played out on the field, your devotion to the team, your devotion to the experience of spectating, can can induce that in others, right? You can get other people to 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 play along in that feeling of, yep. of, of hell yeah, this is fun. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So back, back to the people who use it as a coping, you, I know you didn't mean it like that, but people who use it to drink and, and we're like, I'm at a game, I'm going to drink because this is just one large outdoor bar. I don't really care for sports, but in a way it could be an entryway into the spectating experience. Right. So booze as a, 
not just a social lubricator, but a spiritual lubricator. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, you know, I, I see it kind of like, um, uh, and right now that you were saying it, it, it just made me think of. Um, uh, I went to a to a Yankee game uh, this earlier this season, and um, and I wasn't feeling too. <laughs> I was actually, I, it was a day game. It was a day Sunday game. And mm-hmm. so Saturday night, I uh, uh, went, went a little hard and, and um, wasn't feeling great on on Sunday morning. But, you know, we had tickets to the Yankee game. And I was um, I was actually with, uh, with, with DJ Artform. So uh, mm-hmm. shout out to DJ Artform. Um, DJ Artform. You know, got, mm-hmm. got Mike mm-hmm. D fired. And, um, <laughs> and um, so we go to this game. And I was telling him afterwards how uh, I felt better instantly, and I don't think it was because of it wasn't so much because of the booze or anything. It, it was the energy. It was li- literally, uh, and, and I'm a believer of you know certain. Uh, I believe in 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 energy. Like you can feel energies yes. that are contagious, and they they influence yes. your mood and and your state of mind. Yes. Um, and within this ballpark on this day, it was just, it was a sunny Sunday, perfect weather, and everybody was just in a good mood. Like, everybody was just happy. Nobody was fighting or arguing about, you know, like, people were there to, to watch a ball game, and, and, and Yankee fans were hoping that the Yankees would win. Um, but 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 there was just a positive energy in that ballpark that day. Um... And part of that, I think part of having that is just people being in a good mood. And I think, in, and, and I'm, I'm of the belief that a, a large portion of the people at that ballpark don't care to watch the baseball game. Like they don't mm-hmm. really care. They're not there to watch the baseball game. Right. Um, they're there to have, to, you know, to have something to do that day mm-hmm. and, and to spend quality time with friends, with family, with loved ones. Um, and so, as far as the the you know the yes, I think part of it is for, for for those who go there and they like to have their drinks and and those drinks help them, uh, it 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 it, for, it enhances their passion for the game, uh, and their passion for 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 grandstanding and rooting. Um, there are those there who I was referring to as the the ones who who use it to cope. Who you know it's they're. If 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 it weren't for booze being there, there's a good chance a lot of them would not want to go. Like, I agree. It, you know, and and good thing that they're there, despite the fact that they may not be there to watch the Yankees, but but they're there nevertheless, and they're bringing their good attitude, their their positive mood, um, and it further contributes to to that 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 energy that's happening within within that space, and then um, and then ultimately when <clears throat> when when the Yankees do score. They'll they'll cheer just as loud as anyone else, you know. They'll be, you know, they right, um, right, right. And and so I I just I think I do think the alcohol is a it is an important prop in in making that happen. A prop is is I think the perfect word. Now. Let's counter that with the the argument. Like so, you and I were talking about this uh, as we were getting uh, ready for this episode. Um, in Barcelona, the Barcelona Football Club, 
the, the, the world-famous team with Messi and Neymar and Luis Suarez and Andres Iniesta, uh, quite possibly the best, the, 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 the best soccer team that has ever existed ever. Um, you know they don't allow booze at their stadium? That's crazy. Or they don't serve booze is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I'm, sure they, <laughs> I'm sure they allow it for certain specific people. Um, yeah, they don't serve booze. And from people that I've been present in these games, you know, they, of course, talk about the euphoria. They, the, the same way you and I would describe attending a sporting event and the importance of booze, to them, it's, it's, it's kind of, it, it's like it, the, the euphoria is still there. You don't need to, like, keep drinking. And, and I would say that I would make an argument against that because I've heard it from a couple different people, drinkers nonetheless, who said they really had a great time. Um, and and they you know they was really just like magical and there was no need for booze right, but number one I would say you're watching Barcelona right, uh, probably like I said arguably one of the greatest soccer teams that has not just that is currently of of this generation but in the history of soccer, you know uh, we will never see something as as collectively beautiful as Barcelona however you which way you feel about Barcelona, uh, so that would make it easier to spectate something like that right. Wouldn't you say, Professor? If I said to you, you're going to see something on on such another different level of spectating, you're just going to you get to see this really special thing that only exists. Only one percent of the population can play this way. Wouldn't you already kind of be induced into a different state? Of course, of course. Okay. Um, and number two, how many of those fans got <laughs> shit faced before the fucking game, brother? Of course, of course, yeah. Which, <laughs> which is going to lead me to my next thing. I don't necessarily think that drinking is what contributes to the violence during sports activities, although although you can make form a really strong argument that alcohol uh, produces violence. There's no arguing there. I mean, no argument there. Uh, alcohol makes us into complete idiotic belligerence, and I, you wouldn't argue that, Professor, right? I mean, drunks, drunks, drunks are violent, and they're fucking idiots, yes? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I would say within the context of sporting, when you try to attribute the violence that occurs a, during, uh, during say, uh, let's use soccer because we're talking about Barcelona as an example. And, and um, you, you remember during the Euro Cup this summer how there was a, a clash between the Russian spectator, the Russian fans and the, and the British or the English hooligans? Remember that? Yeah. You know what they realized or they discovered is that the Russian hooligans, and I think Dan one time text mentioned this. The Russians were all sober. Mm-hmm. The ones that did the attacking, the ones that created the violence, they were sober. They attacked. Uh, and, and, of course, I'm not saying hooligans are good people either. I'm just saying in this particular situation in Marseille, this particular moment in time, it was sober Russian hooligans that created the, 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 uh, the melee, the, 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 the fighting, the violence. Um, because, like uh, one time text mentioned, to be drunk, you, you can't fight that well, right? So these, these ideas that we have about booze making sporting events violent aren't necessarily so well-founded because we don't really know that it's the booze that contributes to the fights. I would say that it's the furor, the, sorry, to keep, sorry to keep using that word, but it's the, the, the passion that's created from the game, from the experience that leads us to that. But, but I would take it one step further and I would say that the, the cathedrals of, of sport are nothing more than a place for us to manifest 
our our uh, our angst and our insecurities. And I think we take them there, and something about what's happening in the performance on the field and the people around us, they they put us into a state of 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 of, of exposing or manifesting these insecurities, these fears, these angers, uh, these constraints. So I would say maybe it's not the booze, and maybe it's not the game. But it's the social conditions of the current society doing the spectating that leads to the angst and to the fighting. What do you think, Professor? Yeah, I would I would agree with that completely. Um, I I think we and 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 your you acknowledge that it's not it's not to say that that alcohol isn't a it's it isn't a contributing factor to violence, of course. Um, but it's it goes it's the same, and I and we've mentioned this before. Um, oh, actually, we, dude, we talked about this when we talked about the uh, ultras with um, right. with Nathan. It's it would be it's the same argument, and and some people do subscribe to this uh, that say that would argue that religion makes people, you know, violent. Let's say um, mm-hmm. uh, it does. I, it does to it, some people. You could argue. Uh, well, you well, can make a big argument. I'm sorry. Take that back. Yes. Continue. Continue. Well, I think it's the same. I think we can apply this the same way. It, it, it is a. I wouldn't deny that it, it it could very well be a contributing factor in 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 certain circumstances, um, but it's not the cause. You can't. I I I personally disagree with the argument that um, I, I that it is the religion causing people to be violent, but rather, I see it as the same argument, the same thing you just said with yeah. with, with alcohol. It is the it is larger social conditions that uh, that. That have, I think, a more powerful influence on on inciting violence from certain people, and and then and it's and it's and you bring your violent nature or your violent tendencies or or your or your anger or resentment, you bring it to your religion, not the other way around. I don't right. think the religion brings it to the person. Right. Right. Um, and so and so the same thing goes with 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 alcohol. You know what I think is interesting is that you have um, you have these bands on on booze and like say the Premier League, 
and um, you've you've banned it to such a point that you essentially you, you've you've take let's say if if booze was banned at Padre games, uh, would I participate less? To be really honest with with everybody with grandstanders, yes, I probably would, because I would I would I would think twice. You know, already I I think twice. Well, anyways, we'll talk about that in a little bit about the seventh inning uh, uh, last call, but um, you know. I would probably participate less, and if they keep if they kept raising the prices, there'd be zero incentive for me to attend a Padre baseball game than to just sit at home and watch it, right? Um, so, so, so it would be like a way to 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 sterilize it for, and we've talked about this over and over for for uh, maybe that middle class consumer who ultimately is the target audience now of the of the sports spectating spectacle. Would you uh, argue against that, Professor? No. Or would yeah. you say that that's where it's headed? Okay. Yeah, I think that's it's where it that. where it's at. It is, and where it's for sure going to be cemented in, like, this is no longer going to be for the masses. This is for, for people who can afford, for middle to upper middle class people who can afford a, a sporting event. So you keep out the, the let's just call it the riffraff. I'll include myself in the riffraff. Um, and, and then not only that, but you take away the booze. But somehow, those same people that dish out the money for, say, a, uh, let's, let's just use a, uh, let's use an, M, uh, let's use a football Baseball game, uh, fifty bucks for for nice seats at a Padre game, and let's say suppose that they couldn't, they, the alcohol would not be served, but they would go to a concert the next day, a Sting concert, and dish out fifty bucks for a Sting concert, and they would fully expect to have booze, right? Um, how would you make a distinction there? How would you justify one over the other, if both are events where lots of people attend? Um, and, and, and then yet, but you can trust them to drink at a Sting concert, but not at a Padre game. Why would that be? Well, I, I think actually, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's, it's always reasonable, but, but I do think that that is, um, usually when we see restrictions on alcohol, it is a, a response to the behavior of, of, of the fan base. And so when, um, you know there aren't heavy restrictions at Pico Park on alcohol, and I think that is because uh, Padre uh, fans who attend Padre games have, have at Pico Park have have behaved themselves, and there's there's no need to. There hasn't been an outcry from uh, there. You know, if if you're going to make restrictions, so say for example like the ones they did here in New York, you're going up against some very powerful. Uh, forces, uh, corporate forces that have a lot of money at stake, right? And, and not just that, but you're also going up against uh, uh, the 48% of, of, of right. fans. Um, so, uh, so if, if if in order to successfully put pressure uh, on a facility to to enact these these type of restrictions, you have to. It has to be because um, fans have have behaved themselves in a way that has given some type of credence to so there's some type of some a, a good reason to 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 push for that um like for at charger games um i think it's hilarious that there are different uh, alcohol restrictions for raider games so when the raiders come to town uh they stop selling like there there's you can only buy there, there's restrictions on how much alcohol you can buy Right. <laughs> so and so that's a clear that's clearly in response to the fact that there has been a very clear pattern and trend that when uh, the Raiders and Chargers play each other, um, people get in people tend to um, t 
tend to get more violent and and it's rare that the people getting violent are stone cold sober um so uh is it the alcohol that caused them to fight i don't you know going back to what we were just talking about no it's the fact that uh <laughs> those like, fools I, need I, to I, hear <laughs> about the russian hooligans apparently <laughs> they need to read more um which you know for for the 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 thing is they probably just can't help themselves if if these i mean and let's just call it as it is if the cholos who Mm -hmm. fight at these games um if if they although you know what no i've i've seen a good i've seen white folks uh uh get get into some good squabbles i've also seen white cholos yeah that too um they just can't you know, they they the thought of them not drinking at the at the football game would, is just absurd for them. But if they were able to um, reserve, if they were able to hold back on drinking, they would be a lot more successful in their fights. That's what I'm uh, saying. And 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 but 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 to to the earlier point that you were making, I think they would still end up getting in fights. <laughs> you know, like absolutely I, right. But um, but but yeah. So so I do think there is some justification for why you would put restrictions in some places and not others or for some events and not others um, simply based on the bad apples kind of, you know, ruining it for, for, for the bunch. Um, Right. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like the same logic that you would apply to cutting a drunk off at a bar, right? It's kind of like, I mean, no one would argue that if someone's had too much to drink, you, you don't let them have any more drinks, right? Uh, because they're a nuisance to themselves and then also to the public, right? Right. Well, that's, a form, that's a form of uh, censorship in a way, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, now that you put it that way, now I'm getting, now I'm getting pissed. <laughs> no, uh, I, you know, I don't know. I'm sure I've been cut off once or twice, but and, and I appreciate those three bartenders that have had to do that because – you know that's part that's part of the game of drinking you have to sometimes because you are drinking you 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 lose control of of limits and uh, and of social mores and expectations but i feel like maybe so much regulation contributes to and we talked about this uh, during the the uh the cycling episode how there are there are people who believe that well actually we didn't talk about this but we got some comments from uh, listeners that there are people who believe that the more you regulate um you know, a uh, bike bicycle safety. The more at risk you put the cyclists, because now you've got a population of drivers that are totally trusting that the system's working, and they they don't need to basically they don't need to think. It's it's kind of the work has been done for them, and this is just like a, a, a one of the tenets of 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 the sociology and psychology of driving is that sometimes more regulation doesn't necessarily mean more safety. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, I think the, the the war on drugs could be a perfect example of that. Okay, thank you. So I think that in a way, these 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 rules about when you can so okay, fine, we'll serve booze, but we'll cut you off at halftime or we'll cut you off at the seventh inning, Professor. I know that if I had an option of having a beer after the seventh inning, I probably wouldn't binge drink as much as I do. Do you feel that way? And then can we talk about why that happens? <laughs> Elaborate. So can I so fill in anything that I miss, right? So um, let's just say it's uh, let's say professor, uh, you come over to my house today because we're gonna we're gonna go watch a ball game um, a couple hours, 
And um, we we both, you and I, know we can afford you know we can afford a few pints. Uh, um, but then after after maybe maybe after four pints, it gets offensive to your wallet to to spend twelve dollars for a beer. Correct? Yeah. So what do you do before the game? Compensate for that. Right. You have you know you you buy cheap stuff or not cheap stuff, just reasonable stuff, and sometimes cheap stuff, and you drink right. And you, you say, well, I'm going to catch a nice buzz because I'm only going to try to have one drink while I'm there, right? Right. But you get there, and back to that energy that the professor was talking about, you're like, damn, this is so beautiful. The, the, the grass is so green. The lines are so pretty. The players look so goddamn manly, and they're throwing the ball so beautifully, and, and the pods, pods, pod squad or shooting uh, bazooka T-shirts, T-shirts out of a bazooka. I'm like... Ah, damn, this is so much fun, you know? Ah, shit, I'm going to have another beer. I already already bought one there, but I'm going to have another because, you know, what the hell? Like, come on, you know, live a little bit, right? What do they say? YOLO? Um, you only live once. Yeah. But, you know, after that fourth beer, or after that second beer, and, and these are, these are you know, high-alcohol content beers, mind you, right, Professor? It's really – can you can you explain how easy it is to get a beer at Petco? Yeah, there's it's there it's everywhere. Um, but 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 that's you're getting to something that maybe we should touch on later, which uh, the fact that not only is it's kind of like with 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 marijuana too. You know the 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 beer the kids today are drinking or that we're drinking uh, is, is not <laughs> is, is not the beer that 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 our grandparents were drinking. Um, and that same, we same, and that same we, with the chronic right. And that we drank at some point, right? Cheap Miller Lite beer, right? So you yeah. have to you, you drink six pints. You're like whatever. You're just pissing a lot. That's all you're doing, right? Um, the if you drink six pints of IPA, you're you're gonna go to the hospital if you've already had like six pints before that. You know what I'm saying? You're gonna be sick. So, anyways, so it gets to the it gets to the bottom of the sixth inning. I know that I have one more inning to go get another beer in case I want one. And and you and I are looking at each other. We're already kind of buzzed, and we're like saying, yeah, what the hell? But then we think. This game's this game's uh, tied, and it might go into extra innings. And God forbid we get to the eleventh inning and we start to sober up, right? So what the hell? Let's just get another beer, right? But what the hell? You might as well get two because you know if you get, you get two, you drink one. Anyways, by the by the end of the by the end of the eighth inning, you've already drank six IPAs on top of like the eight shots of tequila you had on top of the four beers that you drank before. Now you're basically a statistic. Like you said earlier, fourteen percent. What did you say? Um, yeah. What was that number? I, if you drink, if you pregame drink, you're fourteen <laughs> times more likely to leave drunk. So we're, that's us. We leave drunk. The Padres did not go in the extra innings. They lost again. We're really sad. We might like talk shit to somebody. Maybe potentially might escalate into a fight. But we have no intention of fighting anyone. You know, I don't know how to fight. I don't want to break my wooden glasses, Professor. I don't think. I don't. He doesn't like to fight. So it's just kind of like whatever. And we leave. Would I have not had those extra two beers if I had had the choice of going for a beer after the eighth inning? You know, does that force me into binge drinking? And then I want to talk about marijuana afterwards because that's something that needs to be talked about. But what do you think of these regulations creating binge drinkers out of all of us who are concerned with uh, underpaying, overpaying, being left without a beer in the ninth inning? Yeah, no, I think I think that's a that's a great argument. Um, yeah, by 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 putting that restriction out at the seventh inning, or in football, I think it's the fourth quarter. Um, mm-hmm. Are you are you enabling 
the drinkers at the game to um uh to to cram their drinking um yeah maybe so and and it's it's the same well i mentioned the war on drugs earlier it's you know should we do we need to move in a direction where we instead of you know in, instead of regulating the the users you know we just learn how to how to work with them right right and and it's really not a problem at petco like the professor was saying i mean really you were saying there's only like 10 people at the at petco who create all the problems and i, I feel like <laughs> Would would you you're maybe you're not the problem maker, but you're part of that group, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean we we kind of uh, we 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 were a, a notorious group in in the Petco Park world. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, several of our associates have been arrested and uh, reprimanded, right? Yeah, oh, the notor- beloved. Every, I mean, they oh love, for sure beloved. They love us there, um, but um, but definitely they. They 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 knew they had to keep an eye on us. Yeah, and I mean, how much more, how much more passive would we be if we knew that after the seventh inning we could still get a beer? Chances are we probably wouldn't even get that beer, right? Because we're like, ah, they're gonna lose, and we're gonna leave anyways. We'll go have a drink at at Lolitas anyways, or at <laughs> at at Chinatown or, Brew, or Tivoli's Tivoli's Turf Club. Um, shout out! Who, what other bar can I shout out to? Um, Tivoli's, I guess. Well, yeah. Who do we want to sponsor us? Um, Turf uh, Club. Uh, Dick's Last Resort. Dick's Last Resort. Um, so, Professor, what about this thing? Before we talk about the the the, the final the final thing, what about this thing about um, about uh, weed smoking in Colorado in Denver? Have they seen an, a rise in their uh, weed smoking there? Um, yeah, uh, uh, Brian Gumbel, like Real Sports, did a um, a thing on on how how marijuana has has made its way into the tailgating scene more more prevalently, or, or I mean, uh, smoking weed in the park, even though it's still not allowed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, it was it was a lot more heavily enforced um, before. Mm-hmm. At say Mile High Stadium, and now it's it's Mile uh, High. Is, that's how how great is that? Yeah. Continue. Uh-huh. You know, naturally, uh, more people are are more are because it's it's because it's less enforced. Um, are smoking at the at the tailgate party? Uh, more fans are going to be going to the uh, to the games under under the influence of that. Right, and that. We could argue changes completely everything about the spectating experience, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a reason governments of the world are afraid of all of us being simultaneously high, right? Um, for all of uh, those who have never uh, puffed the on the magic dragon, um, it has a certain way of, of of allowing you to to see through the facade of things, wouldn't you say, Professor? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It um, it slows things down a bit. Uh, to to Great where way to, say it. Yeah. to to where you 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 start to notice some of the more the some of the nuances in in uh in our surroundings. 
I'm going to tell you my cantaloupe story because this is really, uh, I think this kind of gets to what we're talking about here. Uh, first, I'm going to read a poem from uh, Shel Silverstein's uh, Falling Up uh, book. Uh, you, you, you're a fan of Shel Silverstein, Professor? You read him in, in, in elementary school? Yeah, of course. Yes? Yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, he is definitely a master of, uh, of poetry in general, but of course of, of children's poetry. And, and I happen to be very fond of Shel Silverstein, but... I happen to be fond of this piece because it's very simple and it gets to what we're talking about here. And it's called Nope. I put a piece of cantaloupe underneath the microscope. I saw a million strange things sleeping. I saw a zillion weird things creeping. I saw some green things twist and bend. I won't eat cantaloupe again. I read that because... um, on one of the few times that I was uh, partaking in the cannabis, I went to a Padre game and I sat for space side and I, Adrian Gonzalez was on first base. And for some reason, I was just focused on Adrian. Um, and, and for some reason, he was my entryway, my gate. He was the gatekeeper that let me in into this feeling that I had that I, I just couldn't shake for a few years after. And that was that um, it just everything just started to kind of crumble underneath me with regard to my love and my passion for baseball. And this wasn't the defining moment, but this was a moment that allowed me to see something else. Uh, Just like the poem, when I look, the closer and closer I look because of this altered state that I was in, just like using a microscope, I started to see kind of the, 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 the veneer kind of melt away and fall. And all of a sudden I'm looking at this thing and I'm thinking, this is so ridiculous. This is so fake and so phony and so this this is I can't believe I've put all this time, all this energy, all this passion, all this I, I can't believe I dedicated myself to this. This is so fake. But you know, uh they, they say that only the true only the, the, the ones that have been truly have experienced redemption are the ones that truly can talk about the uh, the salvation of 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 the good Lord. Uh I came back from that. I made a comeback from that. Not that day, not a few months after, but eventually I came back from that. And I had another experience. And this was watching a basketball game, of all things. Uh, as, as many grandstanders know, I'm not a big uh, basketball fan, but I also am not an anti-basketball fan like a, I may be an anti-NFL fan. Not football, NFL. Um, but I do have a deep and profound appreciation for the game of basketball. Um, because I, I, because of exactly that, because I don't understand it. But anyways, watching a basketball game, I saw the 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 um, the the referees uh, conferencing, and while the referees are conferencing, I saw the guys who were more or less like kind of uh, uh, mopping or, or 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 cleaning up the the sweat or whatever debris was on the on the hard court on the on the on the wooden floor, and I thought. There's so much going on. All these pieces, those same pieces that I saw at that baseball game, and that that whole that whole fantasy, that whole farce, all of a sudden wasn't a fantasy and a farce. It was this beautiful, beautiful orchestra, this beautiful symphony coming together to give me this beautiful sports spectating experience. And then I started to look at it not as like a big phony showy circus, but as this man. This there is so much that goes into this performance, right? And that's what marijuana allowed me to see. Uh, Professor, any comments you want to add to that before I proceed? 
um yeah no i i i right so when when um I mean, earlier when I when I said it'll it'll make you a lot more quiet, um, or you, you won't cheer as loud. Um, I think it's because you're you're you might be processing so much, um, and and depending on, and I guess it it it, it would depend on on circumstance, you know, just the time and place, and you know, the, all the very right. uh, lots of variables that would that would influence whether whether you you know, it, it, you're sitting there contemplating, you're looking at this and going, huh, this is ugly. Like I, mm-hmm. this is so much uglier than I ever really mm-hmm. noticed. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it could, it, but it, it, it's, it's, it, it can it, equally, it, it could also take you into this place where, where you, you observe, um, from, from the view that, that, that you're talking about now of, of, from the perspective of like, Man, this is absolutely phenomenal. Like this is amazing. The the you, you start to see all the the intricacies mm-hmm. and the complexities mm-hmm. and the detail that goes into putting together such a. Um, if we're gonna call the the uh, the stadium one one big outdoor bar, you know, it's like, or or you can look at it as like just you know putting together this one big party tonight. <laughs> like it, mm-hmm. it takes a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of skill, a lot of a lot of uh, talent and and ultimately it's it's um um you you realize what a beautiful what a beautiful thing it is you know it's 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 this it's this collective it's this coming together of of you know it, it of beautiful people yes um as as, as cheesy as and i mean i like i hesitated to say that because it's come it sounds so cheesy as i say mm-hmm. but but you know but but um sometimes uh, sometimes certain things that you consume will help you kind of think and, and uh, see things more in, in that more you know profound uh, light. Um, so I, I totally agree with 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 what you're saying. Yeah, which isn't to say that we need to not. I'm not. In, I'm not saying we won't encourage that. This is an episode about booze. Oh right, <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize but, that it, it, it's coming off as like a no, no, no. I th- I think what we're saying is not. Well, we're not saying anything. We're just saying part of. I don't. I, what I'm going to say now is like I don't think marijuana is going to go very far with uh, propagating uh, a fundamental part of the sports uh, spectating experience, which is to create that tantric furor that is such an important part of grandstanding, which is to to basically enter a state of euphoria to fucking lose your shit a little bit. Whereas, like you said, marijuana makes you slow down a little bit, and it, you know, it might might make you turn off for a little bit, and then eventually you come back. Um, I don't want to fall into generalizations about what occurs, but I do know that when you look so deep into something, sometimes you see things that you don't want to really see. But it's 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 sometimes like the most beautiful part of seeing so deep into something, which is what we do at Grandstand. It's like we go really deep into it, and we and. I feel like both of you can't we 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 can't be repulsed by it anymore because maybe we've had the assistance of marijuana to be able to like have that redemptive quality of like I've gone to the edge and I've come back and I let me tell you it's beautiful right and um, I don't know if I've ever would have had that just by being drunk at a at a sports uh, sporting event you know I don't think I've ever would have had that that quite that connection does that make sense Yeah no no right and and, and I guess that yes I think that is a really good point to the in no way, at least I, I I hope that that we're we're communicating that 
you need these things to mm-hmm. um you need these things to 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 have these type of experiences um but 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 i get i mean to a degree i guess that is kind of what at least I, what i'm saying um but more more than anything what i'm saying is 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 this is what they've contributed like th- this is this is at least uh mm-hmm. what they've contributed from for for my part and and I think we can speak for for a lot of people as far as um mm-hmm. it, it it um uh and 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 diff- different intoxicants within different sporting contexts uh have different impacts but but ultimately you know we it it is a player in the game like it just is like it, it and it's it's gone to the point where it would be weird to imagine spectating without right um at least w- right. w- without booze and 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 the whole marijuana thing is just that's kind of now thinking question thinking about how um the the how spectating might change right you know? uh, if, it so, beca- so, if it becomes more prevalent so tell me something you you had an experience when you were tailgating and, and I think you said you were high, but it was one of those not not just tailgating with your buddies in the backseat of the pickup, like full on like like tailgating extravaganza. And 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 uh, what did you professor uh, coined the term concrete camping, and and you were under the influence of THC. Did you see through the veneer? What what was that experience like for you uh, tailgating? And what the fuck is tailgating all about? <laughs> it was fun. It was a lot of fun, but um. Uh, yeah, it, it was, I, I, I think like I, I, I knew, I knew about this and that like the same way, you know, about this, like, you know, you, whenever you like walk, um, can we say that grandstand is a hundred percent in support of, of, of tailgating? Yeah. Like, yeah. On, I, yeah. Okay, oh, totally. Okay, totally. Okay, okay. Just, just getting um, it out there. Yeah. And, 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 um, it's, well, I mean, it's, you know, I think for, for a lot of us, we do our tailgating at home. Right, right, and and be, because we have whether because we can walk to the park, walk to the park, or yeah. take take the train or whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, you know, an an, uh, an alternative to that um, is you know pe- people will tailgate, and um, and and when going to say for example like Qualcomm, which I don't know, did you know that Qualcomm is the biggest has, has the biggest parking lot in the country? I heard that I heard that this week from from you actually. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, or from Little Mo, one of you. Maybe guys. from I think Little Mo uh, put me on that on that. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. Well, shoot, I don't know if it's. Uh, I'm taking his word for it that it's a fact. So um, we'll just use Mo as the source. Yeah. Um, but uh, so biggest parking lot in the country, um, and and so tailgating is is a big deal for and, it, and tailgating is a big deal in in, in a lot of uh, a lot of stadiums and and you know of course Qualcomm being one of them. And, um, and so I've always seen it, like I've always walked through like tailgaters, but it wasn't until, um, a couple of years ago that I actually experienced it, uh, more the, you know, firsthand. And, um, and it was, I, I was just blown away by the, the, the effort that goes into it, man. Like it, it it's, um, and so that I, it, I, I call it concrete camping because it reminds me of the same way that when you have, if you've ever been camping with people who are really, really into camping and like, uh, or, or around people who are really into and like, and they have the most, <laughs> the most right. impressive, 
uh, like uh, advanced uh, forms of camping technology that like they're they're like pushing the boundaries of like it's almost getting to the point of like dude this isn't even you you're not even camping anymore <laughs> um but and so tailgaters are are you know it's it's kind of the same deal where where I'm like whoa you know people would bust stuff out like grills that like fold in ways I never knew pot like grills that like fold to the size of a book and then like <laughs> it, like unfolds into like this like like the size of a kitchen I'm like what the hell <laughs> Like the fucking cartoons that we so grew up watching, that like you could fold your house up in your back pocket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Maybe that's uh, why it's so fascinating. And 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 all the tailgaters know each other. Like they all like know like they 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 because they're season ticket holders and and so and they have their parking spots. Or if they're not, uh, no, I think they're all seasoned, and that's why they have the same parking spots. Either that, or they try to you know park in the same place or whatever. Um, you know, like 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 certain. So and so would drive by in his SUV in his in his like truck and and be like oh shoot dude oh so and so's like here oh I didn't know he like he re he he re-upped his uh his tickets <laughs> like he's coming this season cool you know and then he comes out he busts out all his all the works you know and 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 it don't like yeah I'm sure I'm, and I don't say this in a in a like I'm not knocking them but but it was you know it's almost like people like tailgaters out outdoing each other with um, of course um with with how how cool their stuff is and um and in the end so so yeah so it's it's really cool uh like it's fun but uh but it's a trip like it, at least i saw it as a, i i didn't realize the the i didn't i, I never saw firsthand the community that is the tailgating experience um and so going back to that statistic they're the ones who are most likely to leave that game drunker than anybody but what are the tailgaters and what are we doing? Ultimately, what the fuck are we doing before? I mean, this is something serious that we're engaging in before the game. What are we doing? Yeah, we're warming up. That's it. We're warming up. We're getting ready because, as you will later find out, uh, as we progress the season of uh, Grandstand, we're talking about all the things that prop up the spectating spectacle. And I would say, I would argue that one of the biggest pillars of the spec, if not the pillar, is the fan. And some people call it the, 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 the 12th player, the 9th player, the 10th player. Um, the fan is as much a part of the performance as what's happening on the field. And we have to warm up too, right, Professor? Yeah, this is ultimately what this is kind of now to round out what we want to talk about this season on Grandstand. And that is this idea of what are the props? What are the the um, what did we call it, Professor? The the periphery, the periphery. Yes, the periphery, the things, the things that uh, that happen on the periphery, the things that occur, the things that make the, the spectacle happen. And of course, we had to lead with the fan, with the grandstander, and with the the booze as the ultimate lubricator for that spiritual connection to what's happening on the field. I know that a lot of people can have a spiritual connection to things without having to get uh, uh, lubricated with alcohol or weed or Xanax, whatever the fuck you take to get yourself to that place. Like Frank Sinatra said, I'm for whatever gets you through the night. 
uh, and I feel that way uh, about it. Um, you know, whatever it is, you know, f- food can uh, very easily be an addiction. Uh, too much, uh, too much TV can be an addiction. There's tons of things that we don't uh, look down upon and say, "Oh, that's horrible. That's bad." Um, but we all have our vices that get us through the night, like uh, old, old Blue Eyes said. Uh, and 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 ultimately, the 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 um, the, the the performers. Uh, really, who who are the performers? You know, is it us in the audience, or is it the people on the stage? If, if they're mutually affecting each other's performance by what's being reflected uh, in, in their energy and their spiritual connection, and if booze is going to help enhance that, then I am always going to be all for it. And of course, you know, be careful when you grandstand. Um, you know, we would never stop. Would we ever think about stop uh, serving booze at a wedding? No. You know, at a quinceañera, at a bautizo, at a party, at a dinner party, at a at a at a at a social gathering, at the at a mixer at the museum to raise funds for so and so. I mean, these these charity events have booze. They're part of it. Booze makes you want to donate, right? Booze is a fundamental part of loosening us up to reveal our true selves, the true nature of who we are. Unfortunately, for some of us. Some of us, uh, some people, better, better. Those people are better kept inside themselves and not be exposed by booze. My my grandfather said, "Trust no man who trust no man or woman." I guess you have to say now, uh, uh, because it's only courteous. Um, that doesn't have a vice. Yeah. So, I'm gonna go with that. Unless, professor, you have anything else to say? I think this was an enthralling conversation. Um, look forward to a conversation about this uh, kind of being sprinkled all throughout the season, but it won't be about booze, I promise. It'll be about all those marvelous, amazing, beautiful humans who are also at the top of their game, just like the athletes on the field and just like the fans in the stands, uh, the, 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 the performers that make the spectacle happen. That's what we want to talk about this season on Grandstand. Professor, you want to sign off? Yeah, so just a, a shout out to Anheuser Busch, and um, and and Stone and and everyone else who who's who's playing their part. That's right. Thank you so much. Without the fermented um, fermented wheats and oats and barley's, um, what I mean, I I, I am gonna say it, it. It would it would be horrible. It would not be as fun. Um, and and a, and a, and a big. I'm sorry to all of my sober friends who probably who make this makes me even look more like a jackass now. But um, you know it's fine. Doesn't matter. We all have vices. This, this particular case we're talking about booze. Uh, that's it for me. Dicen que tomando pierdes la cabeza y el dinero. Dicen que tomando pierdes la cabeza y el dinero. Pero a mí me crece el pecho con ese mezcal del bueno. Pero a mí me crece el pecho con ese mezcal del bueno. Como toca la barrica de su cielo de Oaxaca. Como toca la barrica de su cielo de Oaxaca. Como pinta el mezcalito gusanito de tu boca. Como pinta el mezcalito.
regalito, gusanito de tu boca, cantaba lloró, tanto mezcal, tanto llorar, tanto tomar, cantaba lloró, tanto mezcal, tanto llorar, tanto tomar. De pechuga mezcalito, mezcalito de maguey, pa' todo mal mezcalito, para tu bien también. De pechuga mezcalito, mezcalito de maguey, pa' todo mal mezcalito, para todo bien también. Um, professor, do you remember the time that uh, during the 2010 World Cup when uh, we watched the Mexico-South Africa game? What what did we booze that time? What did we drink that time? <laughs> uh, so, if, from what I remember, I think we... Was it menudo and coffee? That's Could right. Correct me if I'm, if I'm no. wrong on that. Menudo and coffee, yes. And, and it, it was... Uh, what time was the game at? It was like at... Eight, some god awful time that soccer shouldn't happen it, at. I think it was at seven earlier. So seven. I, I remember, man. That's so that day. Well, that game. So th this was the the World Cup opener, mm -hmm. and and our team is playing in it. Like that was a that was a really really big deal, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, it was it was at seven in the morning on right. a, on a work day, right? Um. And I feel like, ah, oh man, I wish I could remember, and and maybe you could remember more more vividly your how how that day went for you. Basically, I think I'm pretty sure I still work that day, and that's why. Yeah, I, I went to work too. Why we couldn't drink? Yeah, and it, but but I I should have been at work, and I so I basically I like I I went into work late that day. Mm -hmm. Um, and so and so yeah, we we watched it together. Um. And your and your mom left us, <laughs> <laughs> and your mom left us menudo. I think like and, right, and right. so we, we had it was like dude, it was like a seven yeah seven a.m. Yeah. game on yeah. like a like a Monday or Tuesday a or Friday. something. Friday it was a Friday. It was oh, a Friday. was it a Friday? Okay, yeah, it was Friday. Yeah, man. So we we basically we you know we had breakfast uh, <laughs> while watching the game, but um, but shoot that that you know not having booze didn't did nothing to uh uh decrease the 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 significance of that of, of that of that game of that event. i mean uh, on an emotional level i was just as as pumped up and engaged in that as as i've been for any other game and we could probably argue that even more so and more more clear right yeah yeah but yeah. a hell of a lot scarier yeah yeah you know? Yeah, no, it was funny, man. It was um, it was quite because we were the only people in the house. <laughs> <laughs> it was like every, everyone else is working. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like very quiet. It's early in the morning. <laughs> we're like sitting there. Like, You're fully expected. It was yes. I remember how hard it was. How hard it was to to not to get into the game, but to to unleash the passions, right? Because mm -hmm. it was the issue has never been for me like. How how do I how do I get into it? No, I'm always into it. It's it's the it's is it appropriate for me to yell and throw uh, something across the room at seven thirty in the morning, you know? And I'm sober. I shouldn't be doing this, you know. I'm like, this is not right. This is not appropriate. But I still have a fucking urge to to get goddamn upset, you know?
Um, I guess that just kind of like refutes the argument I made earlier about being drunk and being violent. (laughs) 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 But I actually have never, never, I can say this from the bottom of my heart, I have never hurt anyone nor have been involved in a scuffle (laughs) over over my team. Uh, I sure have started a lot of shit, but um, that's for another day. Um, Professor... Really, there's nothing more left to say other than I don't know that sometimes menudo and coffee works too. But I think you need what something made... you you have to you have to your body needs some type of uh, yeah something to, to sustain itself. Yeah, a vice. Barrica del Palo Santo del Gusano de Spadin. Barrica del Palo Santo del Gusano de Spadin. Son añejas tus gotitas del sabor que yo viví. Son añejas tus gotitas del sabor que yo viví. Cantaba llorón, tanto mezcal, tanto llorar, tanto tomar. Cantaba llorón, tanto mezcal, tanto llorar, tanto tomar. De pechuga mezcalito. Cantaba lloró, tanto mezcal, tanto llorar, tanto tomar. 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 Gota, 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 gotita de mezcal, gota, 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 gotita de mezcal. Gota, 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 gotita de mezcal, gota, 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 gotita de mezcal. Ay, véale, apúntele bien. Me amarran como puerco, puerco. puerco.